pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. All right, everybody, welcome in. Happy New Year. It's another week's edition of Reach the Horizon, the official podcast of the Horizon League. I'm your host, Justin Kenner. Excited to be bringing you another week's edition of the podcast. Things are really starting to heat up in the early going of conference play for Horizon League men and women's basketball. We'll focus on the men's side uh, today. Again, the league is as deep as I can ever remember. I mean, when you think about and again, the, the records aren't telling the full story. It's just when you look at these teams and you have an idea of who these teams are, um, there's not a huge gap from the top of the league all the way down to maybe about you know three or four from the bottom. I mean, it's that deep right now. Will it continue that way? Well, again, we find out each and every week as more conference games are played. Who are the contenders? Who are the pretenders? And there's one team in particular that I've been really impressed with, despite not the uh, the sexiest of starts, if you will, to non-conference play. And, of course, that was the, the Robert Morris Colonials. I had a chance to watch Robert Morris up close and in person when they came to the Nutter Center and just throttled Wright State. And that was a game that at first I chalked up to, well, Wright State, you know, picked to be a top of the conference. Maybe they overlooked, uh, you know, Robert Morris. But then Robert Morris goes on and they and they give Northern Kentucky, who's undefeated in the league, all they can handle. And then Robert Morris gets an even bigger win last week when they take out, uh, you know, Purdue Fort Wayne, who was the hottest team in the league heading into that matchup. So I'm sold on Robert Morris and I'm sold on a lot of teams in the conference. But right now it's just that feeling out period. But there are a lot of feel good stories. That's for sure. I wanted to bring on the voice of the Colonials. Again, Chris Shovlin, awesome enough to hang out with us on this week's edition of Reach the Horizon, the official podcast of the Horizon League. First of all, Mr. Shovlin, welcome in. I hope you're doing well and Happy New Year. Yeah, thanks. You're great, Justin. I appreciate uh, the invitation and uh, happy uh, to talk about the Colonials uh, every opportunity that I get. So uh, right here on your podcast, uh, it's extra special to be here today. You know, and and I mean this in no disrespect to the Colonials, but I, I think it's safe to say that after that that start, um, I wasn't putting a lot of stock into Robert Morris as being a contender this season. But then when I watched him come into the Nutter Center, and and it's not just because they beat Wright State. It's I remember uh, Tom Archdeacon, a legendary writer here in the Miami Valley, uh, where I'm hosting this podcast from, and some other media members around me. You know, they're nudging me. They're like, how? You know, based on the record, they just looked at the makeup of the team and the athleticism on the floor, and they're like, what the heck is happening? Why is this team not very good? And then we saw them flip that switch, and it's like, I don't know what's been going on uh, before, but what was it that you could put your finger on that led to the slow start, and why all of a sudden now is it clicking? I'm sure Andrew Toole, head coach of the Colonials, uh, him and his staff doing a fantastic job, that's for sure. Oh, I think so too, Justin. And, and to be honest with you, I think that he built this team this year uh, with an eye on the fact that this is a team that can compete in the Horizon League. So this team was intentionally built uh, to compete in the Horizon League. And I think, you know, at the first part of the season, uh, you know, obviously we went out to Ohio State and uh, the Buckeyes thrashed Robert Morris 91 to, to 53. Yeah. Uh, they played Dayton tough on Dayton's floor, but Dayton's been having trouble scoring all season long. Uh, the real, uh, you know, 
I guess the real rub against Robert Morris was the performance at the tournament that they played in in Savannah. Uh, they lost all three games there. It was kind of a surprise, and frankly, they gave a game away to Evansville. Uh, should have picked up a win there. But uh, when they got into conference play, that, that first weekend of conference play in December, and went to Wright State, we weren't sure what we were going to see against the defending Horizon League champions. And they came out and just throttled Wright State 80-59. to And it was the first game that they had literally almost everybody healthy. Um, you know, when we were in Savannah, uh, Enoch Cheeks got hurt in that first game and didn't play in the, in the, in the final two games. And I think that, you know, that put a real crimp and that really handcuffed Robert Morris uh, in Savannah. So we didn't really see what Robert Morris was all about until everybody got back together. Uh, Stefan Walker got healthy. Um, Enoch Cheeks, as I said, got healthy. And since that time, uh, Trey James, uh, who had a foot injury uh, coming into the season, has started playing uh, during Christmas week, and he's playing now. He's giving Andy uh, some more minutes right now. So this is a different uh, Robert Morris club uh, than you saw at the start of the season. But that turning point truly was the Wright State game, and I'm glad you witnessed it in person uh, to see for yourself. Yeah, again, just the size, the athleticism, I mean, the shooting ability. Uh, you talked about the number one factor. Like, all of that stuff is mm-hmm. I think, I mean, those who follow Robert Morris Colonial Basketball, I think they knew that that, that athleticism were there. They knew they had shooting. They knew they had good ball handling. But the one thing that is the great kryptonite to all of that, of course, is, well, health. That obviously health has been a major factor in them kind of flipping that switch. But it's just been kind of a very cool turnaround. You know, I was was talking with a buddy of mine the other day. Uh, who was talking to me about the, the, the podcast, the, the Reach the Horizon podcast, and he was just asking questions about the Horizon League. And he goes, man, that just must think that it has to always come down to, you know, that one weekend in, <laughs> you know, in March to win it. I said there are pros and cons to both sides because, of course, all teams, regardless of size, would love to to have a resume that's already worthy of an at-large bid heading into January. Who wouldn't want that, Correct. But then at the same time, the pressure of not having to be a finished product the second November gets here, that's kind of an advantage for teams like Horizon League schools where would they love to be at-large teams and have at-large resumes? Absolutely. But the perk to, to playing at this level is you have November and December to build up. Uh, to, to kind of iron out some of those kinks. Imagine the teams that have at-large expectations or bust, and you have to be a finished product by November, and you're going up against some of the biggest teams in the country. That's the one way I kind of was able to kind of explain why I think there are some pros and you know pros and cons to both. But the pro side of being a mid-major program like you know like in the Horizon League, you have November, December to work on some things, and Robert Morris is a prime example of that because as long as you are ready to go come conference play time, that's all that matters. And look. We weren't high on Robert Morris to start the season. If they had at-large expectations, we'd really be down on them. But now all of a sudden, they're ready to go. They're rocking come conference play. Robert Morris is one of a lot of teams are playing really good basketball right now. Like I said, I don't know about you, but this is, as I know, a couple years in the league for for Robert Morris. This is as deep as the league has been in quite some time. Yeah, I I think as balanced as it has been as well. And uh, frankly, balance is a good word. Yeah, I think balance deep. We'll find out. Yeah, (laughs) find out how deep it is by the end of January. But balanced, I think, is a better word. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah, and to your point, Justin, I think you know if you talk to coaches across uh, the the mid major level of basketball, of college basketball, they'll tell you what they're looking for is improvement each and every game. And I think that, uh, you know, for the most part, for all intents and purposes, Robert Morris has improved. It might not have won all of its games, but uh, it's, it's, it's shown some flashes. After the Wright State game, 
uh, the Colonials went down to Northern Kentucky and played uh, the Norse really, really tough, lost by four in that game. It actually had an opportunity uh, at the end to try to pull that out. But frankly, Northern Kentucky is so strong. It just wore Robert Morris out that particular night in those last final minutes of the game. The Colonials bounced back. They got a non-conference win against Central Michigan, played Marshall uh, tough, although Marshall gave them uh, problems with their length. Uh, took on a couple of NEC rivals, former NEC rivals in Mount St. Mary's and St. Francis, beat them, and then, you know, popped back in the beginning um, of the Christmas break to beat Purdue Ford Wayne at home. And frankly, um, I- I'll be honest with you, I picked Purdue Ford Wayne to win uh, the Horizon League this year. Um, and I-, I was impressed with the way Robert Morris played them this year. So if you talk about, you know, consistency, you talk about constant improvement. Uh, I know Andy Toole, for one, is looking for his team to improve game in and game out. And uh, I think that, you know, at this level, that's what a lot of this is all about. So you try to get as as good as you can get by the end of the regular season and then going into the tournament and trying to play strong. Voice of Robert, uh, voice of the Colonials, Robert Morris, men's basketball, Chris Shoblin hanging out with us here on this week's edition of Reach the Horizon, the official podcast of the Horizon League. Um Chris, the thing you you said something earlier that kind of caught my attention. Uh, I want to talk about Andrew Tool for a moment, uh, the job that he has done this season, obviously. But uh, tell us about you know Andrew Tool, who he is as a coach. You said something earlier that caught my attention that this roster was built for the Horizon League. Obviously, you're three in the conference. When you say the league, when you say that this roster was built uh, to to attack the Horizon League, what, what do you mean by that necessarily? As far as maybe comparing how the roster is built now compared to what it was before joining the conference. What what did you mean by that necessarily? Well, you know, the conference that Robert Morris came out of was a Northeast conference and it was more or less a guards league. And uh, I think coach tool realized that, uh, you know, to win in the horizon league on a consistent basis and to compete on a consistent basis, you have to have uh, taller, thicker players. Not only that, but you need more cerebral players players. And, you know, that's one thing about Andy Toole. He's a very uh, heady guy. He's a very intelligent guy, graduated from the University of Pennsylvania and, uh, you know, played basketball there and and was very, very successful with the Quakers. But I I think he was trying to pattern this team uh, based on his thought process, his respect for the game, but also uh, based on the fact that this league is a thicker, taller league than what Robert Morris came out of. So, um, you know, I think those two things have been a major factor. And this team this year is built uh, with with that in mind, with both of those things in mind. They're, they're smarter kids. Uh, they are thicker kids. They're bigger kids. And they have a respect for the game. And I think that's what it takes to win uh, in the Horizon League. It is a it, it wasn't a step up. It was a couple of steps up for Robert Morris to go from the NEC. And that's no disrespect to the Northeast Conference. But for Robert Morris, uh, which left the NEC as a league champion in 2020 to step up into the Horizon League, it was a it was a pretty big leap. You know, and that's interesting, you know, and, and you, like you said, no disrespect to the previous conference, no disrespect to the Horizon League, but I'm so used to covering the Horizon League. And then when you see them go <laughs> up against bigger schools, you're like, man, you could just see the size difference from Horizon League schools to some of the bigger conferences. Sure. So it's interesting hearing from even conferences smaller than the Horizon League, just the, the player size differential as far as how the, the style of play uh, kind of makes up each conference. So th- that's interesting. <laughs> uh, that That's for sure. Um, uh, transitioning, you know, not transitioning, but staying within the, the conversation point of the, the Horizon League, you know, Robert Morris is one of many surprise elements 
uh, of, of the conference uh, to start, as we've talked about. But, you know, you have Milwaukee and Cleveland State start as well. Again, uh, with, new, you know, Bart Lundy taking over Milwaukee, first-year head coach, and they're off to a 9-5 and five start, 3-1 and one in conference play. Cleveland State's 8-7 and seven under new head coach Daniel Robinson. They're 3-1 and one in conference play. Robert Morris's start. NKU, we're not surprised about their start. They've been a, a steady team since arriving in the Horizon League many years ago, um, obviously when John Brandon even was the head coach uh, before Darren Horn took over. And then the surprising elements on the opposite end, you know, the teams that are playing at a level that we weren't expecting, and then the teams playing below the expectations. Wright State finally getting their first conference win this past Monday night against IUPUI. Oakland, after such a horrendous start to non-con, they got a couple big wins last week in Horizon League play, and they got a couple big wins this weekend that we'll talk about momentarily. But what are some of the surprise elements for you looking at the league that you're like, oh, man, I wasn't expecting that? You said you voted for Purdue-Fort Wayne as the number one team in the conference heading in. Very good vote, by the way. Not that No one's arguing that. But your overall takeaway of the league, uh, perception-wise, coming in to where we're at here in early January. Well, I'm not surprised at, at Northern Kentucky's performance. Frankly, I voted them number two in the league, and I, it was a, it was a close – uh, uh, it might have been more of a 1A choice than a number two, uh, to be quite honest with you. But I, I think uh, maybe the biggest surprise so far is Wright State just finally getting its first conference win. Yep. Uh, I, I thought the Raiders were going to be a little bit tougher uh, this year, a little more successful this year, uh, a little more formidable this year. But, uh, you know, obviously they've struggled uh, in the early going. So if there has been a surprise, uh, to me, the biggest one's been Wright State. I didn't know that Cleveland State was going to be as good as it has been. I mean, three and one uh, at this moment in time. And and frankly, they have a big one tonight with Milwaukee, as you mentioned, uh, which is also three and one. That's going to be a, a great game tonight in, in the Horizon League. Um, I, I, other than that, I don't think there have been too many surprises. It's just, you know, the, the right state has struggled so much and Cleveland has, has gotten so good after – all of the losses that it had uh, as far as personnel and even, even coach Gates. I mean, uh, you know, this is a team that, uh, that came to Robert Morris uh, during the Christmas break and uh, really out physical uh, the colonials and, and, and beat Robert Morris by nine points. So uh, they're just as strong as they've always been. Detroit, another team that I'm always fascinated by, mainly because of of Antoine Davis. Uh, Antoine Davis, uh, you know, it was announced that he, you know, he's a, a Wooden Award, uh, you know, on the Wooden Award watch list, but he, he's entered the top 25. You know, they've narrowed it down to the top 25. He's uh, been able to to crack that. Uh, no surprise there at all. I mean, the kid's uh, beyond talented. Uh, but Detroit, I've always been bummed because that's, you know, that type of talent in Antoine Davis. I'm like, that kind of talent deserves to have to be to play on the biggest stage in the NCAA tournament. He's been here a while. This might be his best opportunity. We talked about how balanced the league is. Detroit has as good of an opportunity as anybody with a talent like that. They're two and two start, but they've been right there. They've narrowly lost to some very good teams. They've beat some good teams as well. Detroit's a team I'm keeping an eye on. I'm really fascinated by that potential storyline, having uh, the league one of the league's all-time greatest scorers, um, seeing if they're able to cap it off and maybe put him in a big stage, whether it's the NIT or the NCAA tournament. That'll be interesting as well. Yeah, a couple of points to that. Uh, you know, we've been following Antoine Davis closely for the last couple of seasons uh, here in in southwestern Pennsylvania because Pistol Pete Maravich actually is a native of a town uh, that is just about maybe 10 miles from Robert Morris's campus, Aliquippa, Pennsylvania. So, and Pistol Pete's dad actually was the high school basketball coach there before they moved south. And, you know, Pete's 
record of 3,667 points has stood for a an eternity in college basketball. And he did that in three years. So, you know, we've had a, a keen interest in Antoine, Dav- uh, Antoine Davis to see if he can get close, if not surpass that mark. Uh, and, and, and as you mentioned, uh, you know, uh, again, Detroit uh, having a player like that, uh, he should be playing on great stages. Uh, and who knows what they can do as far as tournament time comes. Uh, you know, frankly, I'm looking ahead to Sunday because they play Northern Kentucky. I'd like to see what they do against the Norse and what Antoine Davis does against them. And I'd also like to see what Northern Kentucky is going to try to do to stop him. Yeah, because there's definitely not a blueprint uh, to stop Antoine Davis, that's for sure. And the one thing that makes Detroit more dangerous this year with Antoine Davis than any of the previous seasons is this might, uh, you know, be the best supporting cast that he has had. You know, sure. one difference in Detroit from the start of the season to now, you know, you get Gerald Liddell, a 6'8", 200-pound forward, um, having him alongside, you know, Jordan Phillips. I mean, they got some big, they got some size on this roster to kind of complement uh, that guard, too. Detroit's interesting. So this is a perfect time to transition as we close out our conversation today, Chris, is just, uh, you know, as we head into the weekend, a lot of big games on slate that start tonight. Big games on Thursday, big games tomorrow on Friday and Saturday, Sunday, of course. The, the first game that I'll highlight right off the bat, Detroit, they're going to be on a big stage on ESPN, too. They'll be at Wright State on Friday. This, I, I think the Wright State, and you could probably speak to this uh, more than anyone, too, but I think the Wright State NKU road trip is probably the toughest in the league for every team throughout the season, of course. And Detroit has that gauntlet coming up. They're 2-2 two and two in the league, as we've talked about. They're trying to prove that they're a true contender in the conference. I think that they're going to have their hands full. They're going to be on ESPN2 at Wright State on Friday night. And then, as you talked about, at NKU. I know we're supposed to give our top two matchups, but I just combined the weekend for Detroit. Having that game at Wright State and at NKU, I think that's two of the biggest games of the weekend, mainly because I think we're going to find out if if Detroit comes out on top and even just one of the two, I think that after this weekend we'll be able to, you know, really be able to say Detroit is for real at the top of this conference. Yeah, that that could very well happen, Justin. And uh, you're absolutely right. I, I totally agree with you. That swing that uh, for road teams uh, going to Wright State and then Northern Kentucky or vice versa, whichever uh, uh, direction they play, is the toughest one in the league and has been for the last couple of years. Uh, you know, I I, I just I, I think that uh, Detroit's going to have its hands full this weekend. It'll be interesting to see how they come out of it. And uh, frankly, I'm looking forward to uh, trying to catch uh, all or part of that Detroit Northern Kentucky game this Sunday, for sure. Not to mention the ESPN three game uh, this Friday night. What are some of the game? What's uh, another matchup that you have highlighted uh, again, given our top two matchups of the weekend heading in? Uh, what are some other matchups that you have highlighted? I, I think the other game besides Detroit Northern Kentucky uh, is tonight's game between Milwaukee and Cleveland, both of them three and one. I'd like to see uh, who's going to break uh, that little bit of a log jam. And speaking of log jams, I mean, how many teams are two and two yes. uh, as we speak right now? Uh, I'm going to throw the Robert Morris Youngstown State game in tonight, the game that uh, Jim Elias and I will be calling uh, on the RMU Athletics Game Day app. Well, I, I think that's going to be a great game. Youngstown has been putting up a lot of points this year. And uh, it's a tremendous ball club. And, and Dwayne Cohill uh, has been outstanding for them, just as you know, Enoch Cheeks has been uh, for Robert Morris. So we'll see if Robert Morris's defense, which Andy Toole prides his team on, uh, can go up to the Beagley Center and compete against YSU tonight. So those are the games that I'm looking forward to. 
Yeah, I told you about the Detroit's Wright State NKU matchups. I combined those as one of my matchups. My second matchup that I've highlighted, not just because I have you on the show today, uh, <laughs> but it is that uh, Robert Morris uh, Youngstown State game. I, I think, you know, Robert Morris could have gone one and one last weekend like they did with opposite results. And we wouldn't be talking about Robert Morris in the same light because they went one and one. And because that one win was against uh, Purdue Fort Wayne, and because they've dominated Wright State, they have another opportunity to get a huge staple win against another contender in this conference that I think everyone feels good about in Youngstown State. You mentioned Dwayne Cohill. I, I, I mean, it, the one that cool thing about mid-major basketball is that you do get to see players come in and watch them. You know, come in as eighteen-year-old, seventeen, eighteen-year-old boys and develop into men. Dwayne Cohill, I watched him at Dayton. He was okay at Dayton. He wasn't elite. He was a great, solid role player. To see him develop into being the, the face of a program like he has for Youngstown State, he's not just a player that you've got to keep an eye on. He's a player you game plan for now. Dwayne Cohill's a heck of a player. Robert Morris will have their hands full with him tonight, but like you talked about with Cheeks and some of the weapons Robert Morris has, they'll have their hands full with Robert Morris. That's a big one. That's a, an un, under-the-radar matchup, I think, is Robert Morris in Youngstown State this weekend and a slate of a lot of big games. Uh, that's the one I'm going to be watching because I think Youngstown State's for real, but I think Robert Morris, that they beat Wright State, beat already beat Purdue-Fort Wayne, then you get another staple win in early January against Youngstown State. It's going to be very hard for people to, to overlook Robert Morris moving forward. Yeah, there's another uh, uh, additive to this whole thing and the fact that Robert Morris uh, not only plays Youngstown State in the Horizon League officially now and their league mates, but even before that, Robert Morris and YSU have had a nice rivalry. Mm -hmm. uh, the schools are only about 60 miles apart, and, uh, you know, they played uh, each other in, in non-conference down through the years. So now that we're uh, in the Horizon League, it makes it even more important. So, uh, like I said, we're looking forward to it tonight. All right, good stuff. Uh, voice of the Robert Morris Colonials, Chris Shovlin. Chris, thank you so much. Uh, on the way out, just tell us, how long have you been uh, with Robert Morris? Uh, and just, uh, you know, what does, Robert, what does the program mean to you and being able to say you're the voice of Colonial basketball? Well, Justin, I can tell you this. I've been at Robert Morris for more than half of the time that I've been alive. Uh, I started there in 1987 as the basketball play-by-play -play announcer and have been there for 36 seasons. Uh, when they started the football team in 1994, they tapped me on the shoulder and said, hey, do you know anything about calling football? And I said, of course. Uh, so I've been the voice of the Colonial football team uh, since uh, since actually before they even had shoulder pads and helmets and chin straps. Uh, so I've been around for a long time. And, you know, if, if you ask what it means to me, it, it, it means a lot. I mean, um, you know, my family and I have grown up uh, in this uh, in this position, I don't call it a job. I call it an opportunity because it's it's just been a love affair. And absolutely, I you know I I embrace and cherish and respect the fact that I've been there uh, that long, and uh, I I have a great affinity for everybody in the athletic department and at the university, and I appreciate them keeping me this long, as well. So yeah, it's I'm in my 36th season, and actually yesterday I I uh, just inked a deal to come back for uh, year number 37. So uh, it's 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 been it's been a big big part of me, a big part of my life. Very cool. It's kind of cool as I've had a chance doing this podcast to catch up with some of the play by play guys throughout the league and the tenures for the, the voices of some of these teams. Chris uh, Collins here at Wright State's been here for 25 plus years now. Um, another staple in the Horizon League as far as voices of particular programs. But that's very cool. You've seen a lot. And, that, and that's what makes, you know, like last year, 
you know, everyone's watching the coaches and players, but it is neat for the play-by-play guys. You know, Chris Collins, you know, you're going to, you call a lot of bad seasons. So when you get that good season, it just, it's like a cherry on top. It just makes it that much better. Uh, but uh, yeah, the, the job's fun. I, I I know that for sure. Yeah. And I'll just, I'll just add one closing comment. You know, Pittsburgh is the birthplace of radio. It's also the birthplace of sports casting. And here in Pittsburgh, uh, there are three of us who've been around for a long, long time uh, at Duquesne University. Uh, Ray Goss, who is a, just a, a sweetheart of a gentleman, has been there for, I believe, 54 years now. Uh, Bill Hillgrove, who's the voice of the Pitt Panthers, another good friend, has been there for 53 years. I know he's a year less than Ray. And then I've been at Robert Morris for 36. They call me the baby. But, uh, you know, it's it's just it's just a great thing for me. It's, it's a great part of my life, but it's, uh, it's, it's remarkable that, uh, you know, I'm the third most tenured basketball announcer in Pittsburgh and the other guys have at least 15, 17 years on me, something (laughs) like that. So it's, it's incredible. All right. Well, good stuff. Robert Morris, Colonials, the voice of the Colonials, Chris Shovlin, our, uh, this week's uh, this week's guest on Reach the Horizon, the official podcast of the Horizon League. Uh, again, uh, Mr. Shovlin, Happy New Year. Thanks so much for your time. And uh, I'm geared and ready to go for some big matchups of the conference this weekend. So thank you so right. much and have a great rest of your week. Thanks, Justin. Happy New Year to you. We'll talk soon.